From Dirty Spoon Media in Asheville, this is Second Helpings, extended interviews with some of our favorite guests. I'm Jonathan Ammons. Last month, we aired our first episode of the new season of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour and a piece I penned about the lingering labor shortage in the restaurant industry. In that piece, we got to chat with professional skateboarder-turned-chef Clyde Singleton. I've known Clyde for a long time. I met him shortly after he moved to Asheville out drinking with some friends, and I thought, oh my god, that's the guy from the Jackass movie. At the time, I'd just started writing about food, and I was still picking up bartending shifts at a restaurant called Seven Sows. So imagine my surprise when I came into work one day, and I saw Clyde back there washing dishes. Clyde is a legend in the skateboarding world. He went pro back in 1994, and has had a long career working with Acme, 101, Aesthetics, and Zoo York. You can even play as Clyde in some of the Tony Hawk skateboarding games. He's been featured in nearly a dozen reputable skateboarding videos, and has written for Skateboard Magazine, Big Brother, and Vice. But he left all of that behind to cook, and he started as a dishwasher. These days, in the wake of the pandemic, he's been making a lot of changes, and causing a lot of waves in the process. His podcast, WCRP, features several interviews a week with pro skateboarders, and his clothing and board line, Ali Lama, is in full swing. But he's also still cooking, just not in a restaurant. And a lot of those changes in his life, that started way before the pandemic. Yeah, man. Um, I quit drinking, right? Actually, that, that was, um, was kind of like a godsend, man. Um, ended up stopping drinking about a week before everything really went down. Yeah. Like the whole pandemic, I'd gone to Tampa and uh, went down there. They had a board release. I re-released another an old graphic from like 20 years ago, and uh, they had had a big uh, gallery opening slash release party. And so it's my first time leaving North Carolina, really, and skating and hanging out since probably 2012. Man. So I got really, really terribly drunk and ended up uh, passing out under a ramp. Woke up, a bunch of people were taking photos of me. It was like I was like a wounded animal on a safari. Just all these people. It was super embarrassing, you know. Yeah. One of my old, one of my old friends saw me. Kareem Campbell saw me on the ground and picked me up and got me back to life. And that was my last time drinking. And uh came home about a week later, man, and the whole pandemic started. So um made me realize I was a social drinker, if anything. And, yeah. you know, just kind of even leading into probably what we're going to talk into, you know, like, the service industry aspect didn't really help anything of it. So uh, it was kind of a blessing, man. It all, it all happened like for the right reason at the right time, you know, it made me realize my, my talents made me realize my strengths and yeah. And my weaknesses as well. And yeah, and it was great. You know, it had a lot to do with, uh, you know, what I was doing and, and the ways I was coping with it, you know, like service industry wasn't the end of all means. That wasn't all of my problems, but I wouldn't say they were helping solve them, you know. <laughs> right. You know, like, like it definitely wasn't helping me like financially or spiritually. So uh, you know, I think it just gave me, you know, a lot of time gave me a lot of some good friends. It gave me you know, gave me a lot of met, let me meet a lot of nice people. And uh yeah, you know, it's just it kinda I think it kind of fed off of my uh addictions and my uh, wants and needs. Yeah. And it's uh yeah, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a vicious cycle, brother. It's a very vicious cycle, man. And I was blessed enough to get out of it, you know? Yeah. I guess let's start too, just really briefly, if you want to describe like how you, how you got into the, the food industry and how you, how you jumped into that career path. Well, a lot of people don't know that, um, 
my uh, my mother, she worked at restaurants growing up. She actually owned a restaurant. So, and, uh, and I was actually a latchkey kid as well. So, you know, everything like, you know, the cooking aspect, I kind of learned myself just as a kid. And, you know, I was always really inquisitive. And, and to be honest, man, I really learned how to cook when I was in my 20s from uh, reading New York Times. I'd always do the crossword puzzles and I'd always take the recipes out. Oh, yeah. So I just... Yeah, I just started messing with the recipes, and that's where I really learned how to cook. Dude, I could do a roux before I knew what a roux was. Like, I was just like, oh, I could do this cheese sauce thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that was like everyone would come to my house in Cali. This is like late, like mid to late 90s. Everyone would come out and be like, man, make that mac and cheese dish. And I make this like Soho Grand mac and cheese. That was like my thing. Everyone would come and eat it. And uh, so when I, uh, when I was done with skating around 2000, 2012, I ended up in North Carolina, and uh, my buddy Mitchell works down at, uh, works at the Malvern, actually. Yeah. Mitchell was washing dishes for, um, he was washing dishes for Mike Moore. And Mitchell, like, wanted to go to some contest, or you want to go to, no, it's like a concert, or something weird. He's like, hey, man, we're washing dishes, uh, Mike, my buddy Mike could pay you, like, I think it's like 10, 12 bucks an hour cash, and I was kind of strapped for cash, you know, I was at the bar every night, and I was like... He's like, man, you get food and all. I was like, hell yeah, I'm not doing nothing. I might have get some money to drink. And, you know, and that's what kind of got me back in there. And um, yeah. I always tell people the funniest thing that, that really kept me in there was uh, one day, uh, I think Mike or one of the guys, they needed some oysters pot. And um, being from Florida, I was like, of course I can do those things. And dude, people looked at me like I was like I was a unicorn. I was like, <laughs> what? And I, was, I just jumped back there and just pop, 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 pop. And like Mike's like, hey man, you ever want to think about moving up to the line? And by that time, you know, I was, I was like, man, that's I bet them dudes up there like living it up. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that was furthest thing from the truth, man. So I always <laughs> say that uh, them oysters did me in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you took that and you went out um, back to the eastern part of the state, right? And we're we're doing something out there. Um, yeah, when I first, no, when I first moved to NC, I was, I was in Asheville. That's exactly where I pulled up that I'd never been there. And, you know, yeah. I had one friend and just literally like pulled up, had a bag and like 70 something bucks in my pocket. And, you know, she told me it'd be a better place for me than Florida. Cause I was just kind of spinning in circles down there. You know, I wasn't really trying to find a job. I was just like trying to sling on the side and it was basically being a, you know, I was, I was that dude at the bar that would that I would see when I would go into town on trips and stuff. Hey man, where's the dude with the weed and knows where everything, I, I became that dude. It was like always at the bar, always knew where to get all the party favorites. And, um, you know, I just saw a dead end with that. So I guess I took that show up to Asheville for a while and joined the, uh, service industry too. But, um, you know, I mean, it taught me a lot. Mike got me in the door. Mike Moore really got me in the door with that. Yeah. What'd you do after you left Asheville? I went to Winston-Salem, man. I went to went down there and stayed with a friend. You know, I got out of Winston. It was, you know, I was seeing myself spinning in a circle. It's weird. I kind of saw the trajectory of how things were going to, how things went before they got there. Because I, was, I remember getting there, I was like, man, it's just like the jobs are paying less. And, you know, it seems like there's less places to stay. And right before I moved to Winston, I was looking for a place and I was working two jobs. And I was just like, this ain't the life for me, you know, like, it's just like, I just knew I deserved something better than that. You know, like I didn't know what it was, 
And I was like, you know, I got a little talent. I'm, I know I like to work and, um, you know, I shouldn't be stressing out on a place to stay when I'm working two jobs. And, right. And it's just, it just, you know, I just got out of there, man. So I'm down to Winston. It was, you know, it's obviously slowed down a lot down there. It's a lot slower than Asheville. And, you know, I think that's where I really got my bearings at to start really doing the food thing serious, seriously. Yeah. What yeah. were, what were you doing there? Where were you cooking? What was, what was that like? I was at, uh, you know, for a while, I started there at uh, the porch, which is kind of like a Tex-Mex, Tex-Mex taco or burrito or whatever. Started there, worked there for a while. And, you know, it's, it's an awesome place, but it's kind of more of a, uh, you know, it's a summer job. You know, that's they have shirts that say summer jobs. It's for kids to come <laughs> there. You know, it's literally like a summer job place for younger people. So, yeah, you know, it's a little wild and, you know, it's a lot different than Asheville. You know, Asheville is a lot, you know, a lot more put together in that sense. And, you know, it's not so many kids or per se just running fine dining to that. Yeah. So uh, I did that for a while. And then, uh, then I went over to trade street diner and was there for a bit. And uh, I had a couple of chefs there that were, you know, they had a, they had a, the service industries, the drugs and all that stuff was terrible. When I, I remember just being in there and like, first day I got there, the ladies like, yeah, the guy that used to work, he used to cook crack in the back. And I'm like, she just said it so nonchalantly, you know, like, like it was nothing, you know, like, like he was like making like a lemon meringue. Like, yeah, he used to just, then he'd go in the walk-in and cook it. And like, she just said it so normal. And I was like, whoa, you yeah. know? And um, so the, all those guys left and the owner asked me to come back and I worked with him and I worked at his other restaurant called Bernardin's, which is a really awesome place. And so, you know, that's where I really got my toes in at is, you know, on the chef side of things. And it was awesome, man. Really good people. And, you know, I love Freddie Lee. He's a good guy, man. He just called me the other day, actually. Nice. Super random. He's like, hey, you still in Winston? I'm like, nah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, uh, man. yeah uh, so when did you, so how long were you doing that before you, you decided to make the change? Well, I made the change, like I said, man, in last year and, uh, you know, with the pandemic, pandemic hit and, and, um, you know, the way we were, the way, you know, a lot of, we were making, we were making cash and checks. I will say that much, you know, like a lot of, you know, a lot of those jobs, they pay, they pay, you know, they pay you how they want to keep you there. You know, if you ask for 60% cash and 40%, they, most places that do it, you know, they're just, they're just trying to keep the doors open. And, yeah, you know, we got paid a lot in, uh, you know, like when it came time to get my taxes, I say that much, I didn't have much to, to get back. And I didn't think I was going to get much back. And I was waiting forever for the for the, uh, the stimulus money, yeah. and I just you know, had like sixty something bucks to my name. And my buddies owned the Hoots Hoots Brewery, and down in uh, down in Winston, and I was like, "Hey, dude, can I do some sliders?" Because they were Hoots was able to stay open during the pandemic because they manufactured beer. Somehow there was like something in the legislation that let the brewery stay open and the right. restaurants close. So all the restaurants, you know, I was calling up, I was calling up the owner of Trade Street, everyone. I was like, hey, dude, like, you should just open like a bodega, you know, like you have access to toilet paper, water, gloves. And I was like, you should just open and sell cold sandwiches and no one would listen to me. And yeah. I was like, dude, hit up, uh, I hit up Poots with my last bit of money and was like, hey, man, like you, you guys be down to sell some sliders and turn that 60 bucks into like almost 400 bucks. Then went back the next day and then I just kept going. Then I was just like, hold on. I was like, dude, I don't never need to go back to work. And then uh, the stimulus came and all my back unemployment came. And so I bought a cart and just sat it in my garage 
and I was waiting on everything to open. And when I was doing the pop-ups, all the business owners were coming like, yeah, man, I heard about your food. We love it. You should come, op- you know, you should come do your cart in front of my place. And one lady opened, offered me to open a restaurant. And that's when I, I was like, you know what, dude, like, I was like, I'm just never going back into like, you know, not the service industry because I still do pop-ups, but I just yeah. wasn't going back into that part, you know, like, you know, the part where like, you're not in control of things. And it's like, it's just a very tricky thing. You know, it's like, like a lot of people that are into that are not very, you know, a lot of people aren't in very much control of their own lives, you know? So you go in and you got to deal with all the attitudes and the stuff that comes without the job. You know, and that's uh, that's something I wasn't really used to, you know, with the freedom of skateboarding. You know, you're just out there and like it's just you, you're bored and, you know, might be a cop or two or, you know, you might have a bad day filming, but you weren't really dealing. You know, the filmer, you know, it wasn't like the filmer is going to come around and be throwing stuff around at the skate spots. You know, you got <laughs> chefs and I mean, they're throwing knives around Man, I got hit in the head with a basket one time at uh, what's that place downtown Winston-Salem uh carols or something is that what it's called no it's right on the corner um, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> has outdoor dining it's right over by the arcade and stuff it's a huge outdoor place huge indoor outdoor place um two ladies own it but uh, there's a chef that worked in there and um little guy from the name of the time dude he was freaking out one day throwing shit everywhere and threw a basket up against one of the uh like right, right where you put the food out at and it just shattered all over the place it hit me in the in the forehead and He's just like, oh, sorry, man. He's just screaming and yelling in there. And I just, just looking back on that kind of stuff, man, like, I'm like, I I miss, like, my friends, but there was just a lot of just, man, it just need, it needed an overhaul. And I loved cooking, you know? I loved people, but I didn't love that. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah. I don't, it's, it, it seemed like it was getting, like, skating. You know, I know you used to skate. It seemed like it was getting, like, skating late 80s, early 90s. I didn't, or, actually, no. <laughs> Oh, I thought you skated, man. No, never I did. I, I played hockey. Skated. I grew up playing like inline hockey and stuff, but I didn't. I didn't skate. <laughs> I thought you actually skate because you know it's funny, man. I always assume that, like, for the most part, because you know I met you through some skaters, so I'm always like, yeah, you used to skate. You know, like and it, it's just one of those things. Just because like, that's all you know, you know, right, and, like right. that's all you all I knew growing up. So I'm like, you know, my friends. You know, I never put two and two together, at least for a while. And then I was like, oh, man, I didn't know that's got it right for the food blog and all that <laughs> stuff. And I was like, oh, I thought he's just another skater. You know? <laughs> nope, just that's I was never amazing, that cool. Man. I mean, that's <laughs> awesome you didn't skate. At least you don't act like you did. You know, I think that's awesome. No, you could have no, played was, that off really good. You could have been like, yeah, cool. man. I used, to, I used to skate with Christian Astoria, everybody. Like, <laughs> no. What happened? So what happened after... Uh, after- so the what was the food? Actually, let's go back to the food cart. What what did you call your food cart? What was that? Uh, my food thing. What did I call it? Yeah. Um, I just I already had a hashtag, and this is so funny because um, when I first before I got there, I was making a bunch of food in Florida and stuff, and um, one of my friends is like, "Yeah, cooking with Clyde one day." And, um, <laughs> so I was real late on Instagram. I think I got on like 2013, which is probably ancient times of these kids. And, I got on, I started the whole cooking with Clyde hashtag. And, and, um, you, and then when I started doing the pop-ups, I was just like, you know, I didn't have a name. And I was like, well, the best way to secure anything is to do a hashtag first. 
So, and I didn't look at, uh, you know, I didn't look into owning the name or nothing. I was like, well, I already got a hashtag and I knew I was going to do the Ali Lama. So I was like, oh, it's perfect. You know, I have a little umbrella thing. I have the Ali Lama that'd be for skateboards and cooking. And then I have cooking with Clyde, which is like, you know, a part of the umbrella. And yeah, so I just ran with ever, you know, I just kept cooking with Clyde and that's just been my thing. You know, I've just really, really stuck with that name and, you know, the hashtag just does me. Most people know the hashtag, you know, and um, that's good enough for me. You know, it's like yeah. I was just doing pop-up. Um, I like what I do. I'm not trying to get a truck or that's just a headache, you know, like the way I can do business and the people that I do business with, it works perfect. You know, I go in, I knock it out and I'm, I'm out of there. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't need a big truck. I don't need, I don't need all that stuff. You know, like I think it's, I think it's possible to show people you, you don't need a big menu. You know, like this entire time, man, I've had two items on my menu, both the same toppings and one's one's uh, one's meatless and one has meat. It's a say it's to every single time and it sells out. Every yeah. It's just smart business. You know, it's um just from being in the business. I've just been able to watch how things go and things don't go and and how to like and what foods to use. And, you know, just watch the trends of like, you know, like I can't sell a lot of collard greens and. I can sell a lot of collard greens in North Carolina. I can't sell a lot of collard greens and say like, like, uh, you know, like down South Florida and stuff like that. You know, All like right. I just did one recently. Did some stir fry collards and cabbage on a, a jerk. I did a, I did this thing called jerk fruit. And it's, uh, I take jackfruit and smoke it and cook it like jerk chicken. So I did stir fry collards and cabbage on that. And like some roasted pineapple pico. And I forgot what, like a avocado crema. And uh, most people are like, man, these are great. And I was like, these are the same people that would hate collard greens, you know, so it's like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, I've just learned that man, you know, minimizing and, you know, you can't give people a bunch of options, you know, and it's, it's, it's like, you have to be confident in, in your menu and what you do. And, you know, and I think people see through that and they'll come out and support it. You know, once, yeah. once you let the, once you let the customer start dictating your menu, you've lost, yeah. you, you just, it, you know, lost cause, you know, and that's one, that's one thing I've learned that's kept me afloat this whole time is stick to, stick to what I, stick to what I want to do and just believe in it, you know, and like, and the, and the best, the easiest way to do it is to like have something vegetarian, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's just the cheat, that's the cheat code, make a good vegetarian option and that's it, you know, like there's <laughs> right. no sense in chicken, pork, shrimp, da, da, da. it's like, no, do a shrimp and then do a veggie option and then sell that out and go back in and do something else cool and you know just always keep it the same and it's just worked for me you know the tacos and starting in the bar doing little hand foods i started out with sliders and you know i've kept it at that you know i know when i like to drink i like to have a drink in my hand i like to have something to eat in my hand that's what that was me at the bar all the time have a drink or like something to eat in my hand and so that was my vision do that with uh with the cooking with Clyde pop-ups was to have very accessible things that people could eat and also to have little to as little mess as possible for the bartenders. So we're all happy when we get out of there, you know, like have to have some good food for the people. It's not a mess. They're not cleaning up a lot. I'm not cleaning up a lot. Everyone's happy. Customers happy. The business is happy. I'm happy. We all walk out of the door and that's, that's how business should be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you you started doing your pop-ups in Winston-Salem and then you ended up moving down to Florida, right? 
Yes. Um, I moved down there, you know, after I had a, I had a nice little run and then around February, you know, I just decided that, you know, it's just, it was high after going on that tour from October to about December, early December, I just, I realized that, you know, I was doing pop-up tours all over, going to skate shops and all these different places, doing bars. And, you know, cause a lot of my friends own these places now. I just put two and two together. Like, Hey man, you guys are liking the food online. Like, why wouldn't I, you know, why wouldn't I take this on the road and as easy as it is. So I packed up my little stuff and, you know, I had a little table, I had all my stuff to cook on and just go in, go out. And, and then, so I got back home to North Carolina and I was just like, you know, like this ain't this, I, there's just more out there for me, you know, like, and, yeah. you know, like, I feel like that got, that got me out, that got me where I needed to be, you know, and it, you know, and I think that was, it was a very important lesson for me too, because had I not left, you know, a lot of things that's happening now wouldn't be happening. You know, I'd probably just be very complacent and, on what I was doing, which wasn't bad, but, you know, I just had bigger goals. It was like skateboarding, man. You know, I was in Florida and I was like, I got to get out of here, dude. You know, I got <laughs> dreams like everyone else. I do, man. You know, I'm, I don't want to be that old dude cooking on the line, like, oh, mad. Like, you know, like <laughs> nah, dude. no, no, no. Yeah, I work with too many of them dudes, you know, like, old dudes in there mad as hell like slamming around hamburger patties like <laughs> nah man that will not be me you still, know like, still not only on, making not 12 dollars an hour you know and they're they've been doing it forever yeah <laughs> it's 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 crazy man you know you think about it it's crazy like that it's like man i ran into this i ran into this older black gentleman in uh in winston when i first moved there and he was like yeah man he was like you know real cocky guy you know i walk in i walk in the kitchen these dudes looking at me like Django when he pulled up on the horse, like, like, who's this? You know what I mean? I'm just like, you know, and like, like, cause they don't really, you know, that that's all they know and they're kind of beat down. So it's like, you're coming in their territory almost. And, and the one guy's like, man, you know, I've been there like eight, nine years. And I looked at him, I was like, you don't own this place. <laughs> like, damn dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's wild as shit. Like, like you're still standing here on the line. Like, like wow you know and that's and and things like that man just made me you know just thinking back now it's just it's it's a lot i think it's probably best that i did what i did and hopefully it pushes some people you know i don't the service industry is uh it needs a rehaul right now but it has a lot of very talented people but a lot of people are, are they're scared to exercise their talents you yeah. know because that's all they know that's they're scared they're like and if it doesn't people are scared to take risk man you yeah. know, and like, because they are, you know, and like, I'm a risk. I, this is all for me, man. I grew up skateboarding, you know, I grew up jumping off huge stairs and handrails. So I'm, I'm a risky dude, you do know, you, so do this you think is. That, do you think you would have um, made this change and made this transition without the pandemic having happened? You know, I don't really know because I didn't, you know, I knew I was going to be doing something when I came back from Tampa. You know, Tampa just gave me a whole new energy to, you know, I was talking to a guy down there about opening a restaurant called the Alama, and it was going to be all skateboard themed, you know, and like we had this whole vision and he just kind of disappeared. So all the, all the this, all, it was like poetic how everything just kind of, because I was kind of waiting on him to come back around and talk to me. And, you know, so I just took it all, you know, I took the ball and ran with it myself and just did it myself. And it's, it's actually funny because he just hit me up the other day and he's like, yeah, man, I still want to talk to you about the restaurant. And, you know, like, like, I think it's dope. You're doing the podcast with all the culture. And, 
And I was like, man, you're a day late and a dollar short. You know what I mean? Like, I already, already laid the foundation down. You know, like, I don't need you to come in here and Windex the windows. Like, it's all right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I think I think the pandemic, you know, I don't know what I would have done. You know, like, I know I probably would have gotten out of Winston-Salem. Would I have gotten out of the kitchens? Mm, I, I would have gotten out of Winston-Salem. I would say that. You know, I probably yeah. would have ventured on you know, it's been my MO for a while to just, you know, bounce around for a while, you know, and Winston, not Winston, but North Carolina was, I'd been there. That's one of the longest places I'd lived in my life. I'm 46 and I was there nine years, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, that says a lot in itself, you know, like most places, you know, I stayed in Florida till I was 16, stayed in California until I was, you know, in my mid thirties and just kind of bounced around a few years here and there. But, you know, when I got down to North Carolina, I was there for a while and I didn't leave. Yeah, I was there there. So, you know, once I got my feet wet and I was out there and, and I started putting out some feelers, you know, and um, the pandemic just hit. And I was like, fuck it. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it just worked. It was poetic. It just all worked out. And I couldn't be happier. You know what yeah, I mean? Like awesome. I wish we were not luck to get out of there or whatever else they do. But, you know, you can't change some people's minds, man. And some people are like, I call it like some people are, some people are okay with being in abusive relationships. You know, some people really are. And like, they don't see no wrong in it. You know, like some people are okay being the victim their whole life. And yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, like they, they, they're okay with being talked down to and things like that. And that's not saying every kitchen is like that, but some people just don't know any better, you know? And so yeah, until you do better, until you know better, you ain't going to do better. And so, uh, you know, so maybe the pandemic did help for a lot of people. I know going back, it's going to be interesting, you know, because you got a lot of jaded, a lot of jaded people are already in position in there, you know, so it's going to, it's already that, that claws out thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. claws are out waiting for you to come back in and fuck up so they can yell at you. And, and, and we're you know, already and seeing like, such a labor shortage that I think is, is, you know, caused by a great many factors, but yeah. I mean, know, people are not wanting to go back I mean, yet. I feel about this. I, th I think a lot of that has to do with people just need to watch their words, you know, and a lot of people don't think that like a lot of people ain't trying to work with a lot of people that like they get their Facebook reality mixed up with reality, you know, <laughs> and like you could be on Facebook talking real crazy. The next thing, uh, hey, man, we need some people to come in here and work and people are like with you. Nah, you know, so a lot of people don't think about that kind of stuff. You know, I've seen yeah. that a lot in the, uh, you know, I've seen that a lot, a lot, you know, and like a lot of a lot of people talking down on people that don't want to come back to work because they're getting unemployment. It's like, hey, man, let them people like let them people get their rest. Like the people have been on their feet forever. They don't owe you nothing. If they feel like they want to sit down and get their little free money or whatever you call it, like let them, you know, when they want to come <laughs> back, like keep that same energy, man. Like let them let them come back in there and work. You, or do you need the help or do you want to yell at people? You right. know, a lot of people need to make. A lot of people need to make that distinction. You know, a lot of people just want to be overlords. A lot of people don't miss the service industry. I say this all the time, Jonathan. A lot of people don't miss service. They miss their position. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, they miss They miss that. They miss that position, like, where they can go in and, you know, they can talk shit on people. Be the boss. Or, yeah. Yeah, being a boss or being above people. You know, they miss, like, you know, you see people at home right now walk right past their own dish pit. You know what I mean? They don't put their own dishes up. They ain't, they ain't helping dish dude. They ain't, they ain't nothing. You know, it's like people are very, it's a very selfish industry. Like I said, I'm just, 
I'm gonna just concentrate on doing my thing. I, I've been getting a lot of calls. I'm sure you have too. Like, hey man, uh, I've been getting calls from Winston. Like, hey, you know, uh, we own this spot, and we were just saying if you know some people, it's like, uh, yeah, I do know some people, but um, <laughs> I don't think you should be calling me. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like unless you want to pay me as a consultant, you know, like I'm not gonna. Yeah, so you my, know, it's my like, finder's fee is. <laughs> Yeah, pe- people just don't understand that, man. It's like, like, like you're just not gonna, you're not that position you used to wield. Is like, I'm gonna call this guy up and like, you know, like, hey man, you want to come in and work? Like, da 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 da. It's not like it ain't there no more. You know, and a lot of people just they, they can't see the reality that that position is gone. You know, right. like everyone is on equal playing field right now, and so a lot of people just like, yeah, we're getting back to work, and it's like, and it's like when people say we're getting back to work. The people that have been working are like, I hope you mean we, not just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not just, like, we're getting back to work. Like, like yeah, if we're getting back to work. You shouldn't be asking for help. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. So you've got, at this point, you've got three, you said you've started three businesses during the pandemic, right? Yes. Yeah. So talk us through those. What are, what, what are you, what have you done? What have you launched? So I do the, I do the, uh. I do the cooking with Clyde thing, which is obviously my pop-ups and yeah. stuff like that. I also do the Ali Llama. Ali Llama is like basically, it started off as a, as a clothing brand. You know, so Ali Llama is like skate, you know, I do skateboards, clothing, and, and I'm about to jump into doing some uh, cooking with Clyde stuff. You know, I'm doing cutting boards made out of reclaimed skateboards with graphics and uh, nice. things like that. And then um, a while back, I started doing... Uh, Started doing another little media thing, but I'm, now I'm doing WCRP, which is a Clyde's radio podcast. It's a it's a seventy style seventy style uh, radio interview podcast. It's no audio, so it's something like this. You know, I think this is awesome that we're just chatting on the phone, and yeah, that's pretty much what it is. And it's talking to a bunch of guys that I grew up with and grew up, you know, fascinated with their stories of the culture, skateboarding, and stuff like that, and. You know, I think it's just an easier way for me to do, you know how podcast is, man. Yeah. It's, you're a writer yourself. It's like, it's just easier to talk it out. And, you know, it, get, it gets every once in a while, people, people become very entitled to like, they'll be like, man, Jonathan, where's that new piece at? And you're like, dude, <laughs> like, how about y'all just listen to me talk? Like, you know I mean? <laughs> so, so that's where it came with me, man. You know, after the, after the, um, the Black History Month thing I was doing with skating, I was just like, you know what, dude, I'm gonna just do a podcast and not pigeonhole it into just black skateboarders, but just the culture of skateboarding and the importance of all skateboarders, you know, whether it be black, trans, you know, anything, you know, just the history of importance of skateboarding that people don't know and care about and the stories. And then it's also going to have a lot of music on it as well. Nice. You know, so it's going to be a radio station, man. It's skate straight up like yeah. the radio station. It's going to, you know, surface around all the things that, deal with the culture of skateboarding. There's a lot of skaters that are chefs now. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't know this. And there's like True Cooks, the guy that owns True Cooks, is he's a former skater. Huh. You know, he used to skate for one of the biggest companies in skateboarding, H Street. So, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff just in skating. And, and I know a lot of hip-hop artists and music artists. So, um, you know, just pulling it all together. Yeah, when I is got that supposed to launch? Um, I'm actually doing the first one. It's, it's The first one's going to be on tomorrow morning. Oh, cool. um, I'm going to launch it every Saturday and Monday, like wrestling. So by the so, time this airs, it will best. be available. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it'll be it'll be available tomorrow morning on um on all like it's going to be on Anchor, and so obviously Anchor puts you on Spotify, Google, Apple Music, uh, Pocket Cast, and a few more 
But um, yeah, man, I'm pretty excited. You know, I just did. I just really got off the phone a little bit ago and did my fourth interview this week. So, man, it's just rolling. You know, I'm going to oh, drop yeah. an interview a week and, you know, do it in two parts sometimes. And then I got uh, some of my friends doing little, you know, like a lot of my friends do spoken word. They, they do like audio things of like new shoes they have coming out on IG. They're talking about it. So I'm going to have that with some some beats my friends got talking behind it and you know, and like, it's, it's going to be dope, man. It's going to be like radio station. I already got a little WCRP bumper. Like it's, it's, you know, it's going to, it's, I'm so excited, man. It's nice. good. Awesome. That's great, man. Well, cool. Yeah, man. It's uh, just, it, just keep myself busy, you know? And, um, yeah. Thank God I quit drinking because I probably wouldn't even, wouldn't even be able to catch this phone call to be honest. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. That was professional skateboarder Clyde Singleton. To find out more about Ali Lama, Cooking with Clyde, or WCRP, check out his Instagram, at Clyde Singleton. Second Helpings is a production of Dirty Spoon Media, copyright 2021. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and I'm the editor-in-chief. I record, edit, and produce the show, and make the original music. Catherine Campbell is our editor-at-large, sources our stories, and handles our website and marketing. Be sure to head to our webpage, dirty-spoon.com, to stream full episodes of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour, read stories from the show, and see the incredible artwork from our contributing artists, and to support us by subscribing to our Patreon. We're just two episodes into our new season of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour, and we're at a new time slot, the first Saturday of every month at 11 a.m. on 103.7 WPVM Asheville. You can hear us there, or you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts by looking for the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour. Always bringing you stories from the people that shape what we consume right here on the Dirty Spoon 